and it's a welcome to another episode of Do The Woo. In fact, it's episode 149, and this week is the turn for the roundtable discussion. This uh, roundtable episode I want to use to reflect on uh, our six previous guests that we've had uh, joining us for the roundtable and pick some of the, the key moments or statements that they've made and and, and throw it around the table again, because I, I sometimes feel I don't hear your opinions enough, uh, which are, of course, most valued as well. Um, so leading on from the events, so we've had uh, Jonathan Wald. He was the first one who joined us for the Blue Round Table. You remember him? Um, <laughs> and um, one of the things that uh, and, uh, Christy, who joined us then, asked about you know building up the community, especially around the world. And you have, you know, you three are all US based and, and I'm sure you're very well provided with the different events for, for WooCommerce and training, but, uh, countries, uh, she herself was from Peru, um, and like the, the latent countries, you know, the, the buildup of community education around WordPress, but also around WooCommerce, sometimes it's not quite at the same level. So. We asked Jonathan, what do you think, you know, how, how do you promote this? How do you encourage the uh, people to come forward? So I just want to sort of, this was over six months ago now. How do you feel that community effort from, from WordPress, but particularly WooCommerce is going? And do you, do you notice anything? Do you see any green shoots of what's, what's, uh, you know, improving, um, from, from where you're standing, basically? Robert, if uh, Robert, if I can start with you, because I know you're you're really busy with the with the events, and you also have one foot on the other side of the world. The the nice thing that's happened, you know, certainly since Jonathan's conversation, is that Woo is becoming more and more just magically visible in in, in the universe as an e-commerce platform. I would love to see, you know, we we have you know WordCamp US. Uh, I'm waiting for WooCamp US. And, and wondering when, you know, we will start doing its sort of, you know, tangential events. Maybe they're tied directly to the WordCamps. Uh, we have WordCamp US coming up at the end of the month, uh, or I, I guess October 1st. I, I think it would be, you know, with a focus on Woo, I think that would be really compelling and meaningful. And, it, this is the best time to get it started. So people get excited about it on the virtual space. They've all heard about it. And then when, you know, in-person starts really ramping up in 2022, it's like, oh, yeah. And so if I'm at WorkCape Europe or WorkCape US, I expect there to be like, you know, that sort of uh, offshoot rebel conference going out at the same time that's Woo-focused. So I, I'd love to see, you know, WooCommerce EU, WooCommerce US, Happening, happening as sort of, you know, that kind of, uh, offshoot as part of the, the whole WordPress ecosystem. Yeah. Like, a, a just a, a dedicated track, but then also sponsorship around it and, and really very much focused on pure e-commerce, WooCommerce. Oh, I, w- I would say more than dedicated track. I would actually have that, you know, as, as a side by side so that. Yes, it could be if you're really interested in WooCommerce, you can like walk across, you know, the venue and get to the WooCommerce space. But that, that if people are really, there's a lot of money in e-commerce, obviously. So that, that WooCommerce can have that, you know, it's not tracks, but actually I think pillars of events that are happening concurrently. I mean, they both have W's, you know, in the name. So you can have WordCamp and WooCommerce. So, you know, why not, uh, WC squared US, WC squared EU to, you know, just bring up the uh, attention and community and interactivity in, in all these groups. Yeah. Probably. Do you think there's a WooCommerce community as such that would feel attracted to attend an event like that? Uh, definitely I do. Um, and, and, and going back to your original, uh, question here that, that it's about with Jonathan being on the, the show. I have to give a thank you out to Jonathan too, because he did send me a Woo t-shirt that I absolutely love. It's so soft. I love it. <laughs> um, but it's nice uh, to get a quality t-shirt, isn't it? It's, uh... It is. It is. Now, mind you, it would have been nice if we were at a conference and I got it where I actually got to meet him in person. So, you know, eventually, yes. Uh, and I do think that uh, there's enough demand there. Um, 
you know, also from one, when they were on the show, both the, the two different shows, um, I also joined the Slack channel and it's very, very active. And so that's, that's really cool. I also have been getting, you know, on the OS training side of things and even on my agency, actually, we have people asking a lot of questions right now about Woo payments in particular, which means they're already in the Woo space. So that's great. But they're asking us about that because I will say Woo Payments is really doing a pretty good job right now of marketing and putting themselves out there because I'm having people come and ask me about it. That means they're hearing about it. I'm not having to tell them and educate them on it. Well, I am kind of having to educate them once they come to me and ask about it, but they're seeing it and they're like, hey, Robbie, what is this? Do we need to actually add this to our store as well? You know, and so I think that um, that there's definitely a community base there that's using it. And I think there's a community base there that hasn't discovered how to interact with the rest of the community. Like even the Slack channel, like I said, when we had the shows, that got me involved in it. But how many people out there don't even know it exists? And so I think that um, there's still a lot more work to do to get people into the community. But I think there's a lot more people on the outlying ground there that need to come into the community, whether it be just for education and, and help or whether they actually they're developers themselves and they can contribute that we don't even know that they're out there and they're using this or using it for clients. So I do think that there's there's a, a lot more community out there than we have in our community. And so I do think that uh, some events like what Robert's suggesting might help that. Um, and I also, like I said, I think that their marketing efforts are starting to to pay off that I'm getting people asking me about it. So that's, that's a good thing too. Yeah. Uh, Tonya, do you think that, um, you know, events and community and, uh, you know, U.S. is very well provided and, and Europe probably as well, but the world is much bigger and WooCommerce is growing uh, around the world, you know, Africa, you know, Asia. Do you think WooCommerce, and, and maybe also you can speak a little bit from Automatic, um, do they do enough? Do they, do they recognize that there are other communities out there that, maybe more difficult to to get in touch with and but are equally just as important i think that's a timely discussion too as we start to think about where we're at today what's happened over the last year what can we learn from that and then how do we go forward not only with what the pandemic has done to us to stop some of the uh in-person events but also thinking about that not everyone can get to in-person events and how, how do we bridge and make this hybrid to engage the community uh, in a way, not only just from one event that happens in different parts, but also, as you're saying, to reach out globally and, and engage this larger community. Yes, there's a big community out there of people. There's lots of users. There's, um, there's these neat little things that happen at WordCamp in the hallways where people talk and they connect. And how do you then create that same space in this virtual space uh, that can be happening all the time to get people to connect and learn from one another, but also fuel this feedback loop from people so that the community, not only the community, but WooCommerce itself and those who build on top of it and those who use it can get this feedback into it. Uh, and this is kind of the space where, from a community point of view, uh, we've been thinking about and talking about and so on. So I think that goes back to Jonathan and, and that, that episode. And what we're talking about here is in-person events are one thing, but how do you create that magic from an in-person event that can also happen when we're just sitting here talking ourselves? When How do you bring people in and... If we start to think that way, this created an opportunity to where somebody in one corner of the world who may not have a local WordCamp that they can go to or a meetup they can go to, how do you engage them that we can bring everybody into a space? How do we do that and get this bigger sense of community, but still capture the, the personalization, the whimsy, the fun, that hallway stuff that happens at WordCamps? we can do that then we have in person also meeting virtual and still having that magic that can happen all the time yeah I, it's something we've also been talking about ourselves with uh, lisa my uh, co-host for the uh, woocommerce london meetup 
um, to see from from this month onward. Do we keep a weekly meetup? Do we go maybe uh, you know a fortnight and then maybe start thinking of a, a monthly physical meetup? But then we realize that out of you know the, the regular uh, attendees of twenty five to thirty only a handful are actually living in London. So, you know, if you, if you move to London, your that same group that you have online is going to be totally different. So, but can we do both of them? Can we run both both meetups? They're totally different audiences. Um, I'd like to, but it is, it requires a lot more energy uh, from organizers to, to do that. But it's, but also uh, based on what you said, I think the, the I know somebody who is a, active WordPress WooCommerce users in Nepal. Now, my assumption is that to organize a WooCamp in Nepal is quite unlikely, but you need to have some, some sort of momentum with meetups and online digital in order to, to, to bring more people together. So digital for sure is here to stay. Yeah, and you can create a hybrid experience too, right? So you have in person, but invite a larger community globally to come in as well. So, and I think some of the bigger WordCamps have been doing really well with that, with uh, recording uh, sessions or live sessions, um, and and allow the online audience to participate, even asking questions and as if they're there. So, I hope with the 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 jump we've made with technology, that's only going to get better. Um, Robert, just quickly on the events, any of the events that you've been to also have an online version? of the, the live, what you've been doing, or are they simply too small? That is a great question. I don't see any of these events being hybrid. I mean, there was a lot of talk about over the last year and they're still binary. So it's either a virtual event or it's an in-person event. Will hybrid become a, a part of the conversation? I think so. And I think there's a, there's a good use case for it. I just, I don't feel that they're going to happen in that concurrent kind of sense. <clears throat> I think there's going to be an opportunity for events to sort of kick off maybe virtually and then just provide streams of what's going on. But you, you, you're not going to have, you're, I mean, just tech given what it is, you're not going to be able to be in that hallway track and accidentally bumping into, you, you know, your next commerce partner because uh, you can't. So, uh, I, I'm curious how that's going to happen. I've heard, uh, discussions from some of the, uh, producers that, you know, hybrid might mean that all of the speakers and vendors are in the same room together, even though the audience can't be there. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be much more incremental than the, very future looking ideas that people had even just six months ago. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it is a lot easier to set up an event. I mean, it's not easy. Okay. I'm not an event producer, but it's a, it's a lot easier to say if people understand that, okay, we're going to all meet at this place. We're going to hang out. We're going to have our, you know, discussions, presentations or networking. Everyone gets that. So it's not only changing, you know, how the event is produced, but also making sure that attendees, sponsors understand the ramifications of all that. And, you know, what's, what's the value that they're going to get. And, and they, that gets complicated. That takes a lot of time. But if you already think about putting an event together, adding all those other complexities is, is difficult. It's, it's making your shopping cart a lot more complicated. Oh, sure. Um, I'm going to jump on to our second uh, episode that we did with Warren Holmes. He's the COO of uh, WooCommerce. And we talked a lot about onboarding with him. And I think that topic is just as active as it was six months ago or even a year ago. And it is something that WordPress and particularly WooCommerce may be struggling with for newcomers. I think the, you know, jumping from WordPress to WooCommerce is relatively easy. It's, it's quite straightforward, but if you go from a different platform or uh, non-tech into WooCommerce, it can be quite difficult. Do you think, have you seen some improvements? Do you, are you hopeful of we are, be, we are going to crack this, um, this problem uh, as, a, as a community or as developers? Um, 
I can start with Robbie. With um, I know you, you've done a lot of training and you've set up your own. Well, I was training and it's part in uh, WordPress and WooCommerce, right? Yes. Yes. We have uh, both WordPress and WooCommerce classes that are beginner to intermediate level. And then we have, you know, lots of just little specialty classes along particular plugins or, or types of websites. Um, and y- yes. Okay. So, you know, we're in different CMS worlds too. Drupal, WordPress, Dr- Joomla, uh, and some others too. Concrete 5, different ones. So there's there's other CMSs out there. WordPress, though, obviously, we all know, is the big giant out there. And I, I still say, and I think I said it in one of our other shows, I think that WooCommerce is a big reason for that because of if you look at the other CMS platforms, they don't have as good of embedded e-commerce. Now you start talking about SaaS e-commerce, it's a totally different subject. But inside of the different CMSs, WooCommerce is it's very, very strong. And I think it draws a lot of people who need to have uh, have e-commerce to WordPress. Now, the other thing that WordPress has, and I think that's is benefited, is it's a simpler user interface. Um, so yes, there's there's onboarding with WordPress that's pretty easy, I feel like, for people. WooCommerce is a big, it's a, it's a, it's a big plugin. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's a big plugin. And yes, can we make it the onboarding easier? Yes. I do think that they've actually already started. I mean, with uh, the last couple of iterations in the versions there, they, it's starting to get a little easier to onboard. There's just a lot to e-commerce. I mean, yes. Can I go set up an Equid or a Shopify cart very quickly? I can. And can I do it quicker than WooCommerce? Well, I mean, just inherently, I didn't have to install a WordPress website and those kind of things first, right? I also didn't have to think about securing cer- cer- certificates and things like that. So, yes, there's already some more that I have to do with WooCommerce than the others. So it's going to be a little bit trickier. And um, but I think there's there's a lot of education out there for people. There's a lot of good support in the documentation with uh, automatic and 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 in the WooCommerce section. Um, but I think, it, yeah, can it be easier? Yeah, but I, I think that that is what they're, I mean, that seemed like our guest, that was what he was talking about. That is what they're working towards. They're trying to get that install wizard that walks you through. And and there's a lot of that, by the way. I actually just had, and I'm skipping ahead to when we talked to somebody about with payments uh, here, but I just had um, a friend who wanted to set up the, you know, she was like, hey, I, I need to sell these autographed books in my site. And uh, I'm going to use WooCommerce because she hears me talk about it all the time. And so she's like, I'm going to use WooCommerce. Um, and hey, what about this weird payments? And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, um, it's got a really quick and easy interface to set it up. And it does. It's a nice little walkthrough wizard. I think Bob's talked about it on, on the podcast, too. It's a very quick little wizard to walk through. But you know what? She had a couple of little problems. She filled out something wrong. Um, so then it went into the, okay, now how do I fix this? Because remember when payments is a layer on uh, Stripe, right? And so there were some things that had to be fixed at the Stripe level and some things at the Woo uh, payments. She did it, but it did take a couple of days of going back and forth with support and things like that. Um, so even as easy as the wizard is, it doesn't mean that it's foolproof just yet. There's still some you know, there's still some education that people need on that. And then there's probably still, because it's it's still pretty fresh there, there's also on on Woo's side, uh, there's some work that they can do on how they're going to handle the support on these things when it doesn't, when that, that wizard isn't as easy to follow as they thought, um, or if somebody goes off track, how do they, how do they get them back on track with that? You need to know a lot of stuff, isn't it? I mean, you just said a WordPress, WooCommerce, but also then Stripe, and that's just, just one element of, of payments uh, and everything else. Uh, Robert, what's your, uh, what's your view? Are things improving? Yes, things are improving. I'm always going to be the class half full guy unless I'm not. Technical things are difficult and, and that's okay. It's, you know, how does the ecosystem step up to facilitate you know, that ease of use for whether it's, you know, a developer. So how do we make the APIs more coherent, better, whatnot? Those things are happening. It takes time. How do we make it easier for an agency to integrate their workflow into supporting multiple clients on work on WooCommerce? Slowly but surely, those products exist. 
how do we satisfy, you know, that, you know, bricks and click shop that just wants to go directly into it. They've done a one-click install at a hosting company and now we're ready to run with WooCommerce. Yeah, it just takes time. And certainly the progression is going in the right direction. It's not like all of a sudden WooCommerce said, well, you know, we're done. Uh, figure out the rest of the, you know, everything for yourselves. No, not, not even close. So it, these things happen incrementally. We like things that happened yesterday. That's fine. But they won't. And so let's just, you know, incrementally improve the process. And I see that improvement uh, jumped a lot, honestly, in the last year and a half. Um are we going to make those giant leaps every year? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. That's okay. But uh, the you know, there's a commitment from World Congress. There's a commitment from the ecosystem. Uh, and when I you know at at that level, when I say ecosystem, just you know the agencies around it that are putting together that also want to make that process a lot easier. And then the sort of that wider ecosystem. Yeah, Stripe wants things to be a lot easier. World Congress because that helps Stripe. You know, third-party shopping cart SaaS providers, you know, or email marketing providers, uh, you know, they want to ingrain that to make that easier. All of this will happen. You know, you, you get the state of the art today, and then in three months, the state of the art will be even better. So it's it, that's just the nature of technology. And some people complain about why isn't everything working today? Well, because it just takes time and resources to make it happen. Uh, I'm bullish on WooCommerce. I think the direction it's headed over the last year, year and a half has been uh, much more exciting than the year, year and a half prior to 2020. So it's it, the, the acceleration of what is happening with acquisitions, integrations, and outreach documentation uh, has, has really been fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well. I, I get regular emails from uh, the developers and, and, you know, sharing their roadmap or what has happened last month and, and try to plan ahead, but also get you ready for, if you are a developer, why don't, you know, testing, they're very open and transparent. Hey, Bob WP here, and I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Woo. If you or your clients have a team keeping your Woo shop running smoothly. It's even better to make sure you are on top of what's going on. WP Activity Log helps you or your clients keep track of team changes in WooCommerce, such as changes in the store settings, coupons, orders, products, and a lot more. Now this in turn improves team accountability and meeting those compliance requirements. And what's really cool, WP Activity Log allows you to show your clients what you've been working on during development and even maintenance. So I suggest you get on top of that and visit WPActivityLog.com. Staying on top of things, what about managing all those client projects in one place? The GoDaddy Pro Hub does just that, and it's free. From a single dashboard, you will have control over your client sites, products, and projects in one seamless experience. Save time on repetitive site maintenance tasks. Access all your client accounts with a single sign-on. And use tools that improve client collaboration. And top that off with priority support, and it's the all-in-one hub. Learn all about it by simply going to dothewoo.io slash hub. And now let's head back to the show. Antonia, uh, do you think Gutenberg is a big piece of the puzzle? Uh, it will be, yes. It will be a big piece of the puzzle. Um, absolutely. Not only from the WordPress side, but anything that plugs in to that WordPress itself and that you build on top of it. It's it's targeted at helping to have a delightful publishing experience, right? A writing experience. Um, is there more to do there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm in the camp of more big, big picture thinking around how do you go from zero to I'm up and running 
as fast and as painless as possible that not necessarily thinking about, I just click a button and bam, everything magically pulled out of my head. Just, it's just built for me. But I'm seeing more discussions around that, which gets me excited to think about um, these. How do you go from that premise of how do you help the entire community and those who want to use, including Gutenberg, including Wu, um, including community and so on, to go from, I just want to do this, boom, how do I do that more quickly? And part of that conversation that was had during that episode was that more big picture thinking of how do you do that, right? Um, and the more we think in that space, then it becomes not necessarily just a one-size-fits-all, but it becomes how do you cultivate and curate these experiences to allow people to do it while still having the ability for those who want to be very advanced, want to do very specific things to, to have that ability to do it too. Yeah, it is a fine balance. Robbie? I want to I want to add to that what Tanya is talking about as well. I do think, it, I don't even think we've, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show at all, but I think Automate Woo, the no-code kind of push, is really a good thing. I mean, I mean, you now can handle with Automate Woo things like abandoned shopping cart and stuff. This is, it, it, and it's, it's really a much faster, even if you have your agency setting it up, it's a faster way for the agency to set it up for you. Um, and it's something that's visible that you can see, not just this magic. Your agency did something in the code and all of a sudden it magically works. You don't know how it did. And so I think that the no code uh, plugins that we're getting, like Automate Woo, and then you've got Uncanny's Automator, I think those are actually helping things. Like I said, not necessarily the end user. I mean, I think the end users are still a little timid about doing it themselves, but it, just the agency world, that speeds up things dramatically. And it means you don't have to have your high-end dev fixing a problem. You might could have your intermediate person in the agency fixing the problem or setting it up. So I think that that kind of is, is also helping push things into that. How quickly can we get all set up and make things do exactly what we want? And you can still customize it. And that's, that's so beautiful about using WordPress. You can open the bonnet and, and optimize it, customize it the way you want to, but you don't have to because it does work. Um, so Clara and Lee, and, and this is a really nice uh, link that you've done there, Robbie, talking about mar marketing as well. So Clara Lee was our first guest and she's, she's responsible for marketing. And Robert was really quick in there with asking, so what happens to woo.com? Because back in that time, it was just, and now they, they probably paid a ridiculous amount for, uh, for that domain, uh, but also the investment of uh, PeachPay. So, um, but I think that the, the main, the main topic of that, um, and I, I'll come back to that, uh, Robert, just to, to, to find out if you know anything more about that in the meantime. Um, but I think that the, the, the main topic then was, uh, you know, WooCommerce, who are they marketing to? Is it the end user? Is it the, the, the developer or the agency. Uh, and it was quite clear they, they are marketing themselves for the, the end user. Um, Robert, if I can start with you. So quickly, any news on Woo.com? Have you found out anything more? No, nothing new on Woo.com. Boy, I would have loved to be like, yes, this is, you know, this is the lead story, but, uh, I personally have no updates on that, but, uh, I, I, I was just having a discussion with some folks about what does it mean to this will make sense in a sec just so bear with me for an extra minute uh you know what does wordpress look like in five years and there are the te technical aspects or the open source community aspects there's the actual product aspects there's all the stuff i feel you heard it here first and i can certainly I'll, i will be totally wrong you can correct me in five years that, you know, WordPress will be synonymous with just getting content onto the web. You know, did you throw that up on WordPress? You might be using who knows what tool, but I, the language of WordPress, I think, is uh, pervasive, not just in the geeky side of the universe, but actually, you know, across all sorts of businesses and even trickling down just to, you know, normal day-to-day -day folks who aren't even tied to any of this stuff. I think the opportunity with like a woo.com is the same exact thing. You know, are you selling it on woo? You know, is, is, is woo, you know, did you find that from woo? 
And that could be anything, you know, that could be any site, but all of a sudden, you know, you're going to see that Woo payments button, maybe. So, yeah, you know, I, I bought it with Woo, and that could have a whole financial universe of its own where there's credit cards and banking and the infrastructure and inventory and taxation and um, shipping. So, I, I, you know, what what's nice about WordPress and Woo as even just words is that they're, they are slowly trickling out beyond the geekosphere yes geekosphere you know people don't think about squarespace but they've heard about wordpress uh you know they don't think about um uh i'm thinking of a payment processor anyway i can't remember the name i can't think of some of these you know high-end payment processors there's stripe which people know but i think woo has the same uh, opportunity to grow in that space and have mind share at the consumer level that's above and beyond you know what we're doing at the community level. And and that is exciting for me. And how does Woo? And I, I, I think given the market share, certainly of WordPress, and I, and I think Woo will follow along even quicker and faster and stronger, that end users, people who are just completely, you know, separated from this world that we uh, work in day to day will be like, yeah, I wooed it. I, you know, WordPressed it. And, they'll become terms like Xerox and that's a really interesting uh, view and uh, so the, the the consumer demands woo they 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 will set the trend it's uh and by the way talking about the woo dictionary I think we have quite a few additions in the meantime to to add of I wooed it <laughs> it's too early to get into that nice I like I like your thinking there if I can, I, I, I'd like to move on to some of our other guests as well, just so we, we can cover them all. We had um, Adipaju Odier from uh, the WooCommerce Marketplace. And I think this is one for Tonya because she, she, she joined us for that one. And it was about um, bringing in more third-party developers and uh, extensions, plugins. And I was really amazed with the level of detail that uh, and vetting that they do to, to bring in uh, the right extensions and curated uh, marketplace. Um, so I've got two questions for you, Tony. It's it's an open marketplace, yet it's very controlled. Is that a good thing? Uh, and second, you made a really good point of, um, you know, self-betting and, and checking the code uh, of, of when you submit something. Um, but adding what Robert, you know, he asked about the terms where, you know, the WooCommerce shares a 60-40% of the revenue. Is that um, is that a fair deal? Or do you think by maybe vetting or doing more of the work yourself, uh, maybe there's, there's scope there for a, a different level of agreement with, with WooCommerce? So these are two quite random big questions. But Tonya? Those are big questions, right? Oh, that can be a show all unto themselves. So the we go back to that idea of I want to go from zero to I'm somewhere now very quickly. And that fits right into this too, right? So if I want to get into that marketplace, having that ability to what is being very transparent with what are the steps? How do I go from here to there? And I make sure that that time happens very quickly for myself. And that's where that idea of how can I self-assess? Am I, am I compliant with whatever the rules and regulations and the vetting process itself is? If there's a vetting process, making sure it's very, very, very clear for folks that then they can go and do a self-assessment. I'm going to leave the last part of that over here for a second in the in the percentages of what I get versus what what the platform itself gets. If we go back to to start to think about is open is vetting fair, right? So it's an open, but yet it's curated, it's vetted. I think that depends upon what the platform's goals there are. And if we look at it from the end user point of view, the storefront owner. And having the trust that I can put this in and bam, it's, it's works for you. It delivers value for me and it doesn't break my site. Then there can be an argument to say, making sure whatever is available meets that criteria to give that storefront owner trust. 
and confidence. And at the same time, one of the topics we've been talking about in core is that people that are using don't always, we shouldn't push on to them to expect them to be able to vet something that it is going to be safe, that it does meet their needs and instead turn it around to say that you can have trust in this. And here's some criteria for you to make that to be able to determine. So vetting in that serves that purpose. It serves the storefront person that then they can have confidence in. If we go back to that point, your last point of percentage. Well, that depends. If you put in a lot of the work and shift all that work to the person who's submitting, then potentially that percentage can go down. If there's still a lot of vetting and process that needs to happen, then that needs, you want to make sure that that's healthy and paid for so that there's folks to do that. <laughs> right. But then there's also the ability, me as somebody who builds something, that I'm getting a platform that my stuff gets marketed. Woo! And if I get value back from that, I should pay for that. Right. Because it's being done for me. Now, what those percentages are, I don't have an opinion on. There's, I'm sure there's some magic there somewhere that makes that valuable. But for me, if I'm producing a product and it's immediately put on a network that boom, people get exposure and it's, and I get marketing and people are using and buying it, I should be paying for that service because then I don't have to go create those networks and those channels for myself. Yeah. And I think you made a really valid point of the end user having trust in the platform. So it needs to be better curated and tested and checked. And again, knowing that it works well and it, it that has a, you know, a, a positive effect, of course. Um, Robbie, I've got one for you here because uh, we had uh, Job Thomas uh, and he talked a lot about support. Now, he's one of those people that he's, he's been at WooCommerce right from the beginning. He, he's joined when he was still WooThemes. Um, and he, he moved to South Africa. He was originally looking for a, a job in theology. Um, but I, I'd like to um, quote something that he said. And um, one of the big differences between before acquisition happened from WooThemes to Automatic was that before that, our support was focused on fixing the problem and we didn't pay a lot of attention to what surrounds it. The context uh, someone is coming from, whether we are explaining things to them or not, and that's one of the things that Automatic has huge influence in, as changing that culture. So we would just, um, so if people were lucky, they would get a high from us. Um, but now they started building up a relationship, a relationship between the end user, and they starting to to uh, paraphrase the, the 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 issue back to them in a chat session. Um, so, and I know it's something I've learned a lot from. It's it's you know, you're very quick to jump to conclusions. So if something isn't working, oh, well, it must be this, it must be that. You know, it's it's a plugin, the last plugin that you've updated, the last plugin that you've installed. Of course, it's that, that's the problem. And you're very quickly to jump to the conclusion of, of that's the case. So my question to you is, I know you've, you've had experience yourself with support. Have you noticed a difference over the years? Is the attitude of the happiness engineers do you think it has changed and how do you feel about it? Um, yeah, so I do think that there is a change. And and what he said there, which is like, well, we were a smaller group or a smaller company, then, yeah, you really, they're more, smaller companies are more agile. They're also, they have one thing to promote. And so they're going to, they're going to probably dig in a little deeper to look at what your situation is to, you know, like, let me look at this. Let me, you know, maybe even look at the site. Whereas as you get larger and larger companies for support, they're not going to do that. I mean, and they, cause there's a lot more liability there for them too to do that. I understand. Um, but I think that they, because you're also larger, you're seeing more cases. You can build up a better library on your help side which helps all of your your uh, engineers answer questions, right? They have a bigger, broader database to look at. Oh, let me, this person's having this issue. Let me just, first of all, look in our own section. We may have already answered three questions about this this week. And it's a very quick. So they've got more at their disposal to answer people with. 
Um, so I think that that is one of the biggest things. Um, I was even, you know, I, I said my friend had to work with support um, for with payments just recently. Not only did they answer with emails, like they were answering in emails and in chat sessions, they even set up, they were like, oh, we need to actually speak to you about this. And so they set up a phone call and called her at a scheduled time. And I was like, wow, I mean, that was pretty impressive. I mean, they they did not let that drop. That did not sit there and not get addressed. It kept going. <laughs> it was like I said, it was like having to go through Stribam with famous, but they got it resolved. Um, and so, yeah, you, I, like I said, I do think you might, they might not be as personal as they can be as whenever they're a very small group. But I think that just because they have such vast uh, knowledge to tap into there, it means you can actually get the help faster. I mean, there's a reason why our large corporations out there have scripts and can hire whole help senders because they have scripts. They know how to answer most of the questions. Does it need to be elevated sometimes? Yes. But all that does is add to the script. So then it doesn't have to be elevated next time. So I think that they're doing a good job is my whole uh, point there, because I have had to deal with help support uh, several times, even in the last couple of months here. And everything has been resolved. So that's a that's a, that's a good thing. Nothing was left dangling. But that's also part of the, the ecosystem we find ourselves in because you are in a way also the support to your customer. And it's not not until you can't solve it is when you go to to WooCommerce to their support. And to think that uh, there are literally millions of WooCommerce uh, active stores, well, I'm not sure if they all generate money, but you know there are hundreds of thousands of active stores generating a significant amount of money and with only 85 happiness engineers that's that's quite a, an achievement but then um, you know when you think that you and i and robert we all know a little bit of that and if if one of our customers comes with a with an issue we have a look at it first and you know the sort of law if you throw a, an issue out in the street there are at least five people who know a little bit of wordpress of course who can help you out there so yeah you're right and i and and our audience is primarily builders. They're agencies and stuff that are, that do have clients. So you're correct. We all have a knowledge too that we've been building up over years too that helps. And like like I said, there like the 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 Woo Slack channel that's invaluable to builders. I mean, that's great. I mean, the support people are in there as well. It's fantastic. And even just other agencies, you can just put a questions out out there, and you're going to get some answers pretty quickly, probably more than you wanted. Yeah. Um, Robert, I'm, I'm not sure how much you get involved with uh, your support within Cloudways, but if the customers come with problems, do you know where to go to if, if you know, the solution can only be uh, found with either WooCommerce or a third-party plugin partner? Do you have ways to, to address that? Is that... Yes, I, I send them Tanya's email address and mobile phone number, and that solves a lot of those problems. She's great. Fantastic. Yeah, I would have never expected it. We've got a little share and for them, of course, at the end of the show. Thank you so much, Robert. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. you know, we don't support, at some point, we're not supporting the layers of, you know, did this plugin work with this other plugin and this third SaaS? On top of Word, uh, WooCommerce, and why does my cart no longer spit out money? Uh, you know, that's where we try to empower you know our agencies to you know be WooCommerce partners and make sure they have the uh, knowledge and ability to answer those questions. Or call Tanya at one three one two five five five. Um, great. So now quickly moving on to our uh, most recent episode, which we. Uh, we were joined by Brittany Makata, who is of Wu Payments. We talked a lot about Wu Payments already. So it feels like we've, uh, but she's a lady. She's, she's probably got a to do list worth six years or so. Cause, um, I think yeah, expanding Wu Payments for the whole world with, uh, different currencies, different, you know, uh, payment methods, uh, you know, very different in Europe, but also very different in Asia and Australia. So. It's a real big challenge for her. But from what I hear, she's, they're doing well. I mean, probably you're really impressed with uh, Wood Payments and people asking about it. Yeah, absolutely. We just actually set one up and we'll have Wood Payments in our in our new site too. And it was it was an easy setup. It really was. It was, you know, we're we're builders. So that made it a lot easier, I guess, than, than my friend who did have a little hiccup there. 
But um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a brilliant addition to have in there. Um, and I do think that the it's a it does kind of look like it's a little daunting. I could see for someone who doesn't do this for a living, though, when they look at the list, like when you saw, they're like, oh, you're almost there. And you look at the list keeps going down the page. You're like, oh, my gosh, I have a lot to set up still, you know, but it's quite honestly, it's 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 actually easier because they are walking you through the steps there than if I just had to know this to go and set it up with uh, Stripe myself or PayPal or uh, Bringtree or anything else. You know, if I'm going to use another merchant, I there's always steps to get this done. And sometimes it's convoluted, those steps, and it's split between this side and that side. And, and this is all in one. You're just walking through the steps. And so, yeah, I've been really impressed with it. And they, you know, they are growing. and. I don't see that stopping. You asked a really good question whether it was uh, compatible with uh, subscriptions. And then she revealed that they might bake in the, the subscription part as part of this plugin, which, of course, is a really clever uh, ploy. Robert, do you think having these additional benefits in payments uh, gateways is going to be the way to, be, to stand out and be competitive? So in this case would be, you know, if you have all payments, you're going to have the subscription part as part of it, and you don't need an additional plugin. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even like a complicated question in my head. And all these gateways, we'll, we'll try to attempt that, but, you know, who payments has the best leverage, you know, in this space to make that happen faster, better, stronger. I mean, it, it'll be great to see just like, oh, you, you know, here's your membership subscription, move payment thing, boop, done, one click. Everything works there. It's not about undercutting the, the rates for, for visa processing fees, but it's with Woo Payments here, you save $200 on a, on a plugin and you get this and you get that. And guess what? That integrates with that. Uh, absolutely. So uh, it, it's a slight tangent, but there's all this discussion about, you know, how in-app purchases in the Apple store are, you know, uh, anti-competitive. South Korea just uh, enacted a law that forces, well, theoretically, we'll see how that happens. Um, in-app payments to be expanded upon them. But my prognostication says that it's not going to be a, a, a race to the bottom in price. It's going to be a race to how do we add value to the same price that we have today. So um, fine, open it, open it all up as crazy as you want. But you know the people who are best suited, best integrated, best uh, you know value driven. In, in their in their models, those are the ones that are going to succeed. And I, obviously, Wu Payments is a perfect position to take advantage of that. And third parties can also do that, but they really need to start looking at what does it mean to be a WooCommerce WordPress partner in that aspect. They just they can't be lazy about it anymore. So that kind of stuff forces people to be like, okay, we got to really work at it, and that's great. Um, and you know, Woo is going to have a you know certainly a first person a first mover advantage in in this case because you know that's where they come from but uh i only see better results for you know end customers agencies implementers developers all around yeah great tonya sure i think it goes back to what robert is saying too that there's value right so i think the bar has been raised to say okay when i've set up shops the I don't always have confidence when I connect to these other uh, payment gateways to know that one, I hooked it up right until someone buys something and no, no, it's not hooked up right. And there's so many steps and there's so much documentation. And then you have to go back and forth and wait for a response to have something that adds value right off, right out of the gate that is connected, that's integrated, that has a step by step process that one can help anybody. I'm a store owner and I want to do it myself or an agency that can then walk through these steps that then frees up the agency and the developers to start to go focus on the customization of things and other high value uh, uh, areas of services that they can provide to their customers. So if we can make it easier uh, to be able to connect up and just be able to go from, I just need to get away from my people to buy 
right? Anybody who wants to buy from me to be able to have that happen and have other valuable services around that, maybe some reporting and things that can come to me as a merchant that I can get more information from as well. If that value is built in and can continue to be built in and grow, then there's a lot of value here for, keep using that word value. There's a lot of value here, a lot of ROI from a from having something like this, yes. Yeah. Speaking to the three of you, it, it all uh, it forms it all, you know, blends it together. The the, the discussion we, discussions we've had with the, our six guests and talking about some of the key points again, and it makes it all a bit clearer for me. I think going in the future, I feel really confident that uh, WooCommerce is doing the right thing, and you know, with the with with automatic with with the development around full site editing Gutenberg, Woo payments, it will make it a lot easier for for the end user, but also for the for the agency, the the implementer, the developer, uh, and focus on other challenges because there are so many other challenges to to help people succeed uh, to buy online. And online is there to stay, you know, whether you book a uh, a rowing boat for half an hour, whereas before you'd pay, you know, $10 cash for half an hour. Now you have to pre-book it, pre-pay it and all sorts, or whether it's for the headdress or barber, everything is now e-commerce. So having some of that taken away or the complexity taken away um, will help a lot more people, but also people like us and developers to, to invent and um, improve on, on what we've been doing. So I'm really excited. I want to leave it to that. I would like to thank our great sponsors. And uh, uh, we have, so we have two pop friends for this, um, that I'd like to highlight for this episode. First of all, we have WP Activity Log. Uh, you can find them on WPActivityLog.com. And finally, uh, the GoDaddy's Pro Hat. And you can find it at DoTheWoo dot io forward slash up and finally uh, i'm really looking forward to catch you next week at another episode of do the Wolf.